Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Joining me today, both from King James Gospel, Dan Galinsky and Amadou So. Amadou, what's up? How are you? Yeah, what's up, man? You know, I'm doing good. Uh, excited to finally get on a podcast, you know. Um, it's been something that I've been trying to get on for a little bit now, but we're here now, so, uh, you know, I'm ready to just talk hoops. Love it. Dan, how you doing? So, man, always always a pleasure, and uh, thanks again to, thanks to Amadou for, for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Before we get into it today, I want to say, did you guys see the New Jersey reveals? Well, I guess sort of New Jersey reveals for the Cavs. The City Edition, the black ones with the, uh, looks like kind of tire marks. They're switching that logo from a Nike logo to a Jordan logo. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that this morning. Yeah, it's, I mean, all the teams have to have Jordan statement editions this year. So for the Cavs, it's kind of weird because he, pretty much ate them for their, for like an eight-year span, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought it was weird that they involved the shot in the uh, promotional video as well, but I guess everyone's going to do it, so it doesn't look bad. I think it, you know, as long as they don't change anything else on the jersey, so overall not opposed to it. Yeah, but, that's uh, not much there. <laughs> we'll get into what this episode is about. We're going to be talking about some trade some different trade options for the fifth overall pick. Uh, there was a report from an opposing executive that the Cavaliers are looking to trade that fifth overall pick. It said that, you know, he doesn't think that the Cavaliers want to add another unknown. Now, you could argue, you know, what the Cavs are going to do with this pick. But personally, I don't think it's very likely that they trade it. But we're going to talk about it anyway. So, um, obviously, Ben Simmons is a name that we've, you know, has been floated out there. I don't think that's going to happen. We've already been over that. Looking at another guy, Zach Levine, does he interest either of you for the Cavs? Go right ahead, Amadou. Okay. Um, so, Zach Levine, I feel like, is an interesting one um, because, I don't know, I feel like in Chicago, his current situation would be similar to the Cavaliers where I feel like the team would probably be, you know, an eighth, possibly a seventh seed, or maybe just out of the playoffs altogether. And... I just don't know if I if I would, you know, be keen on trading a fifth overall pick for Zach Levine because he does bring the storm punch, but of course the defense, you know, is lacking there too. Um the fit with him and Sexton in the backcourt, which I would assume it would be, is also interesting. Um But I don't know. I personally I don't think so. I don't think I would make that move, but you know, again, you know, it's it's up to the Cavs, honestly. So that's my opinion on that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too wild on it either. My my biggest question there is is what role does he play on the Cavs? Because I guess you have to consider, you know, what are you trading for him? But considering, are you, are you going to have a backcourt of Colin and Zach? Because those are two, you know, ball in their hands, score first, and, and especially you know if you're bringing Darius off the bench, that's another you know kind of minus on defense, score first guy. So, Dan, what are you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with Amadou on that. I'm not. Really too keen on that either. Uh, Levine is a has turned into a really blossomed to a heck of a scorer, but uh, if you're trying to progress toward winning, especially because they have to give up a number of things, I, I don't really see how that would really alter your rebuild trajectory at all. Because as you touched on, he's not. Uh, 
I mean, he'll get assists based on essentially just driving kicks and his kind of gravity as a scorer, kind of like a poor man's Kyrie in that way. Who and Kyrie honestly has much better vision for as as a counter, but I don't really see. I mean, defensively, he's as much of a net negative as as there is as any player in the league. About as much as Darius Garland, frankly, and I don't really understand why at this point because he's been in the league for a while now. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be trading this uh, a package involving that five pick because the Cavs would be better off kind of steadily building. And getting a, a, a key defensive piece there instead, I, I don't. I'm not big on that at all. I mean, Levine's a, a heck of a scorer, but you have there's too much ball to go around. I, I mean, you have to factor in Kevin Porter in there as well. And again, as Amadou touched on, or I'm sorry, it was either you or him or Justin. Uh, when you bring in DG off the bench too, that's another defensive negative. So yeah, I I'd be. Not for that at all whatsoever. Neither would I. We'll move on to the next guy on the list here. Kelly Oubre Jr. This is one that I am more of a fan of. The Suns, it seems like, especially after this bubble, he didn't play in the bubble. It they With the emergence of Cam Johnson in the bubble, with Mikhail Bridges as well. I wouldn't say emergence in the bubble, but overall, just two really solid seasons from both of them. It seems like the Suns might be willing to move on from the, from him for the right price. Would the number five pick be enough for Kelly Oubre? Um, I feel like it would. I feel like it would. Um, but it just depends on what Kelly Oubre is, because I believe did he tore his Achilles? I'm not sure, but he had a he had no, an he injury. Hasn't, he hasn't dealt with any injuries. Okay, he, okay, okay. he didn't. So that was probably not, nothing that right. serious. Okay, yeah, it's just kind of well, nagging stuff. Okay, so it he did have a career year this season, you know, which is great to see. Of course, averaged nearly 19 points, um, shot you know pretty decent from the floor for a scoring forward. Um, and you know, that's what he would bring to the team scoring. Um, he kind of fits the timeline, uh, better than, uh, you know, a Zach Levine, what he's only 24 years old. Um, I would, you know, if I was the Cavs, I would definitely look into it, you know, honestly, see what their asking price is. And, um, it would be an interesting ad, I believe. Dan, do you think that number five overall would be enough to land Kelly Oubre? Uh, I absolutely do not, but yeah, I, I think for Ubre, I think he's a guy that uh, we could monitor as honestly like a Kevin Love trade scenario type. Um, I, I believe he's going to be a restricted free agent after this, after next season. But I believe he's going to be unrestricted, actually. Yeah, I'll double check that. that. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. No, I'm sorry because they trade for him re- relatively mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's a guy that uh, I would definitely. If you kind of have him, uh, possibly Bridges and and or like a Kaminsky in there, and maybe like a two, that that's a guy that I I don't think there's any chance in hell they would be able to get involved in a package centered on the five pick just because of this draft. There there are so many unknowns, but yeah, he's he's a player that could it really fits the timeline as Amdu said, um, and. He he's a gifted scorer at all three levels, and defensively he's a bit underrated too. He can he's pretty switchable. Uh, does a really good job against twos and threes. Uh, has really good lateral quickness. He's another kind of a sneaky off ball player too. Um, really good cutter as well. I think Ricky Rubio kind of highlighted that a, a good amount this year. But um, yeah, I don't think there's any way in hell that you're getting him in that package, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd love to sign him and, and get him into an extension if, if he possibly could, but we'll have to, we'll have to keep monitoring that. Yeah. And the last one on the list that I have is just, you know, got names that have been brought up. I don't really see any of these as super realistic. This is probably the one that is most realistic. 25 year old Gary Harris. He obviously just played, he, he's come back in these past couple games for the Nuggets and played great. Um, he's been kind of an interesting player. Again, he's, he's a little bit older at 25, but I think he still fits the timeline. He's more of a natural guard, but you could slot him in at the three, and obviously he wouldn't kill you defensively. He'd be one of those win-now moves. And I think, like I said, you're looking at you know them saying that the Cavaliers don't want to bring in another unknown. If we're going to trade this pick for a player out of these three names, I feel like Gary Harris would be the most realistic. Um, uh, I, I just don't know about Gary Harris. The thing with Gary Harris is... Since that 2017-18 season, he's just been on a negative decline. His production has just decreased over the last two seasons. Um, he has regressed every year. Yeah, yeah. he has regressed. Uh, only 6'4", too. I, I don't know. I don't know how that would you know impact a guy like Kevin Porter Jr.'s growth. Um, yeah, I think at that point you might just look to keep the pick, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with Amadou there. Um Gary Harris, uh, since that extension, I mean, I'm not saying he's like mailed it in or hasn't worked hard or anything, but uh, yeah, it, it's he's really six four and honestly thin, a thin six four, and yeah, I, I think he just, I mean, I guess it's a win now move, but I don't really understand how he really impacts winning. I mean, I guess you could see that in that game seven defensively somewhat. But it, I thought it was a lot more Tory Craig, frankly, that had an impact in, in that way. And he doesn't bring him much on ball. Really, has not progressed there that that much. And um, yeah, again, not much of a factor off the bounce. And and you got I factor in Windler honestly at the two somewhat too. And Fedor tweeted out that Harris is kind of one of those guys that the Cavs could look at. And honestly, I don't really understand that at all whatsoever. I don't think he really impacts winning for the Cavs. He has much better talent around him there and honestly has not for the last two years at all. So I'm 100% good on that. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I When I say I'm not really on board for trading this pick, it's a reason. Th- that That's the reason because when you look at realistic options, you're looking at Gary Harris, somebody who, again, is a little bit older than the rest of this core. Who And I think when, when you look at, you know, the reasons for his regression, I think injuries have played a role in it. And I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it is there, but I mean, he's, he's had so many over the past three seasons, so many just different nagging injuries all over the body that I think have just kind of worn on him. So that, that shot, I think, you know, it, it's not what it was, but I think, you know, if, if you're the Cavs and you're trading for him, you hope that that shot can recover. I do think that while he is a little bit undersized, you know, playing at the three, I think he's proven that he can do it. Again, I'm not for this move. I if if you're asking me if I'd rather have Gary Harris or Isaac Okoro on this team, I'd probably rather have Isaac Okoro. But I think that just just looking at moves that you can make, this is one of the more realistic things that the Cavs could explore. If Gary Harris were made available, which we don't even know if that's going to be the case. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. But another non-seller for him is is exactly as you touched on with the injuries. And 
I mean, these last two seasons, he's he shot 42.4 and 42 exactly percent and 34 and 33% from three. And that's just not a good sign considering that Denver has a winning culture around him. They have a hell of a playmaker in Jokic. I just, I, I, yeah, I'm good on that. Hoop Heads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards with Matt Collier and Marlon Guild, and our other two team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind and Nuck if you buck. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. All right, well, looking at some other trades, we're not going to look at necessarily just, you know, targets like we have been, but looking at other teams that might be willing to trade up for that pick. You know, we've talked about the Knicks and the Pistons being a couple. Uh, I think one of you had uh, Knicks trade, if you want to go over that a little bit. Yeah, I just kind of suggested, um, given reports that the Knicks are are high on point guards, uh, we really needed a kind of a guy to help out RJ um, more so than like Noakina has. Um, I, I just suggested that the Knicks might want to come up to uh, from eight to five, and they would package. We would get eight in their Clippers pick. I believe it's twenty seventh overall. Um, I, I just think the Cavs, that might be something that they'd be wanting to do, um, given that you could maybe get like a, a Jalen Smith also at the 27th pick, and you could still get probably one of the three involving Denny, Vassell, or Coro. So I just feel like that's – if the Knicks want to come up to maybe get like Killian Hayes, given that the Cavs could potentially look at him or, or Halliburton – um, above the Pistons, that might be something that they could consider. Yeah. Is there anybody on this Knicks squad that you like as far as a player who might be involved in a package? I'm looking at, like, I've talked about this with Derek Murray when I had him on, but you know, Frank Nidokina, Kevin Knox, is there anybody there that really interests you on this team? Oh, yeah. Nidokina is, is a hell of a defender when he's fully healthy and Honestly, he can give you minutes at the one, two, and three defensively. Uh, does a lot of things well. Um, obviously, offensively, you want to see that shot progress more than it has. But uh, the Knicks aren't exactly the greatest player development types, so I, I got to give him some slack there. But yeah, if you can find a way to consider a package there, I think it probably it wouldn't be the easiest thing to figure out. In that way, you probably have to. I wouldn't want to have to deal like Jetty and Dylan Windler for Frank Nielakino. No, no, but, no, no. But, um, yeah, if if you can figure out something there, um, it is maybe an alternative um, in addition to, like, the eighth pick. I, I don't know why the Knicks would do that, but it is the Knicks. You never know. So maybe if Lamelo drops, that's they could kind of have that as a possibility. But, yeah, Nielakino is really the one. I'm going to do any of those guys interest yeah, you. exactly. Neil Aquino, I feel like he'd help the Cavs in a multitude of ways. And like Dan has touched on, his shot hasn't been the best since he got in. But I feel like the Cavs are, you could say they're one of the better shot development teams. You know, 
Uh, a guy like Colin Sexton coming out of college, he will. He was a highly touted shooter. Jetty Osmond is now knocked down. Um, Larry Nance, you know, Tristan Thompson, all those guys, you know, are starting to take three points now. And an interesting thing, the Cavs, they do have spacing. So Neil Aquino can, you know, operate better, I feel like, in our offense than he would, you know, for the Knicks. But, um, yeah, just everything that Dan has mentioned, same thing, defense. You know, we really like that. We really need that. So I feel like Neil Aquino will be a great add if we are able to, you know, attach him on to that Knicks pick and get him for the fifth pick. Dan, I know you also mentioned a trade with the Pistons. Do you want to go over that one? Um, it was basically the Pistons would we would get the they would get the five and we would get their seven. And I don't really I can't say at all definitively, but um, just factoring in that Luke Kennard is is will be more into the fold next season for them. He was having kind of a breakout year. Um, mostly at the two and some at the one. I, I just factored in like we, we could maybe if they wanted to come up and get maybe like a, a, a lead one of the future in Killian Hayes or Halliburton, which honestly they do need because you don't know how much Derrick Rose has left, um, that they would package the seven with Bruce Brown, who's who kind of came on as a solid combo guard for them last year. And, and they, um, key selling point with him is is a defensive end. I think he's about six five and a half. Um, can guard ones and twos well, uh, but the, given his play last season, how he kind of closed the year um, was doing pretty well as a playmaking type um, kind of combo guard guy. Um, the shot is, I believe, he shot thirty four percent from three last year. Is it, it doesn't take a whole lot of them, but. He's a good, smart player, um, can impact winning. But again, I don't, I can't say at all definitively if they'd want to package him in anything. But might be a player that the, the, the Cavs, if that were a possibility, I would, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think it's really just if, and this is the same for the Knicks. It's just if if one of them are really locked in on, I think the guy would be Killian Hayes. If either of those teams really, really, really view him as a piece. To, to build your team around and there's a team after the Cavaliers that are you know interested in him as well I think that's 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 where you're looking at you know where the, one of these teams might be willing to part with a, a Nito Kina or a Bruce Brown because both of those guys probably project as bench guys whereas you know you, you hope that Killian Hayes can be a starting point guard if you're one of those teams for a long time so yeah I, I like Bruce Brown as a player I think he brings a lot of toughness, which is something that any team can use. Again, the, the shot isn't incredible, but he can just kind of... He, he can come in and, and give you just solid minutes off the bench at either the one or two. And again, just that defensive grit and toughness, I think, is something that any team could use. Yeah, kind of... It's kind of like the young Delhi element, in a way. Um, not nearly the passing feel, but... Um, I mean, he's not really a natural one, but uh, that's that's just kind of what I was thinking, what, what you were saying, because if you come up for Killian Hayes, that's a guy factoring in Kennard. And, I mean, Derrick Rose is still a bucket getter for them, you would think, for at least a good part of the season, um, that Brown's minutes would be really trimmed down anyway. So that that's kind of what I was kind of looking at. Yeah. Amadou, I know you had a trade involving the Celtics, if you want to go over that. Yeah, so 
Um, looking at the Celtics roster, my kind of mindset uh, around this trade was that um, the Celtics, I feel like they're young players. Like, they're really locked and loaded on those. You know, you have Carson Edwards, you have Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, they have Robert Williams, and then, of course, the two big guys in um, Jalen Brown and Jaden Tatum. I don't think it's a lot of minutes to go around for um, all three of their first-round draft picks that they have this season. So I was thinking maybe they can couple two of those, um, maybe even all three. I don't know. You know, I was just throwing that out there. Uh, two of those to the cast for the fifth pick, you know. And uh, this draft is set to be, you know, very bottom-heavy. You know, there's talent all throughout. So I feel like with, like, a late lottery pick, the Cavs could still get an impactful player, a wing potentially, like a guy like Patrick Williams or Sadiq Bey. Um, they can also get with a 26 pick or a 30, if whichever one they look to trade for, a Jalen Smith. Um, but again, that's just an option that I just throw it out there, threw out there, excuse me, if the Celtics are looking to, you know, add like a top, a guy at the top of the board, like an Oniko Okungu or something, James Wiseman, if he's to fall, I don't know, but I feel like it's an interesting trade, something that maybe, you know, the Cavs could look to, you know, talk about with Boston. I think that that's definitely an interesting point because you look at, again, all of the, the, the slew of young guys that they have from, you know, all of their, their previous first round picks. It's definitely on the table for them to move up just because they could use, again, Anyaka Kongo, I think, would be a very good fit in Boston. I think that's just the type of player that they're looking for. My only thing is when, when, you, when you just consider value, are, are, are three first-round picks really worth moving up to select yeah. Onyeka Kongo? Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Dan? Um, uh, go go right or ahead. Or Amadou. Oh, yeah, go okay. ahead. I was just going to say, like, uh, I think this draft is an interesting one. And I was going to say that, obviously, for a team, you know, maybe not like the Celtics, like, if a team, like, I don't know, you know, if the Pistons had three first, you know, obviously, they wouldn't do make that trade. But, again, just, as I just touched on, the young uh, core that they have right there, you know, if you're going to use all three of those picks, it's just, I don't know if those guys are going to get minutes. Um, they're probably gonna be reserved to G League roles, um, but uh, yeah, obviously three first round picks to move up in a draft where you know it's said to be you know not the best is you know not really something that teams would maybe like to do. Whether it's with the Cavs or not, I definitely think that we could see Boston make a move because again, I don't think they're looking to make all three of those selections. Whether the Cavs can pull something off, we'll, we'll just have to see. But it's definitely Boston will be a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair to say. Um, I, I don't know. I just think overall for me, it's difficult in this draft. I mean, just given how it's – I mean, there's some depth, yes, but for the Cavs, I think they need – I mean, they need an impact guy. And not that those – like Jalen Smith couldn't be. I, I really like him a lot, as, as Amanu does, but – um, I, I just think for them, it's it's kind of how they would acquire – if they want to acquire another pick, it'd be um, kind of packaging future assets to come up back into round one and, and maybe like the low to mid-20 range, it, it kind of how they did um, with Kevin Porter last year and, and in addition to like cash considerations. And I, I it's just hard to – for me to see them really having any feasible trade back scenarios outside of like the top 10, because I, I just don't think that they'd want to do that. Well, th- there's, there's definitely a good chance that they don't want to do that. At least that we don't think they should do that, but there's always the possibility looking at one more trade outside of the top 10 
that I have would be with Portland. Portland is a team that we could definitely see move up. They are desperate for a wing defender. Again, in that range, you'll you'll have hopefully an Isaac Okoro if that's somebody that you know Portland is really locked in on. Could we see a trade with the Cavs and Portland involving Nasir Little and Anthony Simons? That's another one that I again, again I've discussed on this podcast a little bit, but I'd, I'm interested to hear either of you either our takes on Nasir Little or Anthony Simons and how they would fit here. Go ahead, Amadou. Okay. Um, well, for Nasir Little, um, I don't think he's played at all in the bubble, correct? Um, I don't think he's played at all. He's not been um, in the rotation, yeah, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, he's an interesting one. Uh, at UNC, I think before that uh, last season, he was supposed to be like, you know, mid to high lottery pick. And then, you know, he really struggled there. And then he fell to, I believe, what, 25th, I think he was picked? Yeah, that was that. So, um, yeah. So defensively, I think, you know, he has that. Um, he's a nice, solid body, but I just think he's very raw. I, I just don't know if, you know, that'd be enough to move up. Now, Anthony Simons is interesting uh, because he's really come on, I guess you could say, um, at the end of last season. You know, he had, he had that great last game. Uh, but again, you know, he's this guy that's, you know, pretty inconsistent. Um, you know, he's kind of inefficient. Um, he is oversized. I believe he's, what, 6'4", six, 6'5"-ish. Six, so um, he could be a nice combo guard for the Cavs, but... You know, I just don't know if either of those guys really moved the needle for the Cavs to trade down, what, what is it, 15, or excuse me, uh, 10 spots, 11 spots-ish, 10 spots? Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's 15 or 16. Yeah. So yeah, I, just, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, you ahead. can go, go, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, I, I was just going to say, I, 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 again, I agree with Hamadou there. Um, Simons is the one that kind of I'd look at more because he, he can create on ball a little bit. Um, you kind of see some high level shot making from him at times. And I think the key with him, he can shoot off movement, which for young players is, is hard to do a lot of the time. But, um, and I'm sure working with Dame and CJ has probably helped him out in that way too, but not much of a playmaking presence at all. And again, factoring into guys like KPJ, um, Garland and, and Sexton, I just don't know how many minutes would go around for him anyway. So, uh, and he's, he's not, doesn't have the frame to be able to slide up a position at all. And, um, yeah, that doesn't really move the needle for me. And, and Nasir Little defensively, um, uh, has a high ceiling, but off the ball, he just seems to get lost. And that happened at UNC a lot. And, and especially with guy in Portland, I mean, he had rim protectors. Granted, Nurk was injured a lot of the year, but they still had rim protectors, and he'd still get beat routinely on just kind of basic stuff, um, basic pin down action stuff like that, and really has trouble off the ball. And I, I that's just been a rampant issue for him dating back to high school, and just has lapses there. Um, as physically gifted as he is, uh, hasn't. Is not really a high level score, t- like potential really. And, um, just lack of basketball awareness, uh, honestly, is a major red flag to me with him. And honestly, that's kind of how he's felt fallen out of the rotation in Portland. And, uh, yeah, I, I personally rather, I, I think Akora would impact winning more than those two guys would, and or Vassell, who's a really good pull up shooter. Completely agree there. Again, it's kind of hard to talk about trades in this draft for for the Cavs because I think especially us, we're 
pretty sold on Isaac Okoro or even me with Denny Abdia. But the reports are out there and something could happen. So we'll just have to see. But do any of you guys have anything else before we wrap this up? Well, one team that I was kind of looking at, lastly, just before we wrap this up, the sure. Magic, I feel like, could be an interesting one um, because they do have multiple guys like uh, Aaron Gordon um, or Jonathan Isaac. But I think those guys are, you know, kind of untouchable for that fifth pick. One interesting player, though, for me personally, is Mo Bamba. Maybe the Cavs will mm-hmm. look to snag him. Um, he got drafted with the fifth overall pick about two seasons ago. Um, yes, and his did. role has been, you know, pretty interesting because he was drafted, you know, in hopes that, you know, the Magic would be moving on from uh, – Nikola Vucevic, and then Nikola Vucevic had the best season of his career. You know, he was an all-star, so obviously they can just let him go for nothing. And now he's kind of stuck in a, an awkward situation where he has the potential, but I don't feel like he's getting the opportunity to show it off. And, you know, maybe the Magic do look to move on from him. Maybe the Cavs could, you know, make a call or something. That's one that I really haven't considered. And again, I, I think there'd have to be a little bit more than Mo Bamba because... At this point, I'm not super high on him. I think there's still a chance that he could be something, but I don't know. He's been such a disappointment for Orlando, I feel like. Again, like you said, he was kind of supposed to be that guy who, you know, took the torch away from Vooch at the center spot. But um, if the Cavaliers found a way to take a flyer on him, and even if it did involve the fifth pick again, you'd, you'd have to do more than just, I, I, in my opinion, you'd have to give more than Bamba for the fifth pick. But that would definitely be somebody who I would be open to taking on as a project for Cleveland. Yeah, I'm I'm big on Mo Bamba. I think, um, obviously, Vooch has, has had a hell of a year, or had a hell of a year. And honestly, he's... Pretty, he's fairly switchable defensively. I, I mean, that wingspan really helps in, in that way. And I, I'd honestly be all for that. If the Cavs wanted to do that, I, I'd be 100% in on that because um, he, he's he's shown some flashes of spot-up ability, um, has kind of underrated post ability inside, um, has good hooks with both hands when he does get minutes, and it's just – an issue because of Gordon and Isaac are are kind of three four. It's kind of there's kind of that issue there. Um, and and Steve Clifford just does not. It's it seems like Bamba's been in his doghouse for a while. I don't really understand why. Um, because he's athletic enough that honestly they could have put him in with Vucevic. I would think here and there, um, which we didn't really see much. But yeah, for the Cavs, I think he definitely get chances and. That would be my my five of the future if I could get him um, for that pick. I, I do do that in a heartbeat because he's one of those rare players that has rim protection, some switchability, um, and and it honestly drops really well too. And that wingspan can help him anyway. And it's just a hell hell of a defender still, even though he's raw, uh, somewhat raw offensively. Um, that's the guy that. Uh, would be your five of the future, and you could look to deal Drummond near the deadline. Um, I, I'd be all for that with the, with that with that pick, honestly. Another reason just to be kind of hesitant for me with Mo Bamba is because we did see in the bubble he did play some, but they ended up taking him out just because he was somebody who did deal with COVID and who I think left the bubble to be evaluated for like post COVID just condition. I don't know exactly what it was, but. So just another kind of red flag, something that might worry me a little bit with him. 
but like I'm not as high on him as you are, Dan. But I think I would definitely be willing to take him on as a project if 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 Orlando was looking to move on from him. Yeah, I hear it. And and many injuries you you you'd like to see that clean up too. And and the yeah the, the post COVID thing is it's it's relevant. That's that's totally fair. But uh, maybe you could be able to package a, another player in there as well. Maybe perhaps like a Wes Awundu, but. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with Amadou on that one. Um, big fan of, of uh, big fan of Bamba personally. That's just my opinion. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, well, thank you both so much for coming on, Dan. Always a pleasure. Amadou, loved having you on. It was, it was great to come back here. anytime if you'd like. Yes, uh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening. You know, if you enjoyed, rate and review five stars. Leave a nice review. Anything else that you would like to do to a podcast that you enjoy, subscribe, all that fun stuff. So, uh, again, thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.